Your source for community, Muskoka-made talk shows are on Muskoka Magazine, The Bay 88.7. Hey, this is Dr. Shervin. Muskoka Magazine is brought to you by Dairy Lane Dental, keeping Muskoka smiling for over 30 years. Please visit DairyLaneDental.com. This is Muskoka Drawdown. Welcome to Muskoka Drawdown. My name is Frank DeYoung. I'm here on behalf of Climate Action Muskoka. Cam, you probably know some of these wonderful people, Sue McKenzie, and etc. Um, climate Action Muskoka is about uh, climate change, but also about every other aspect of uh, living gently and lightly on this planet. And today I have a, a very special guest, and it is Lucille Frith. And she's a long, long time advocate of um, the Ontario Northlander. Now, many of you probably have ridden or ridden on the Northlander decades ago before he was cancelled, and you may have probably already following that it could be coming back. Uh, Lucille, thank you very much for coming on our show. Thank you for having me. I always like to talk about the train. Well, that's exactly what we want you to talk about today. First, though, before you get onto that, tell us a little bit about yourself. I fell in love with the train when I lived in Winnipeg, and I would be able to get on the train by myself at 11 years of age and travel to Regina to see my grandmother. And that was the day when you could trust everybody. And I've never forgotten riding the train out to Banff, and being in the dome car and paying, playing with a Wedham's doll and all the experiences that people my age remember of passenger trains. Well, that's, that's magnificent. Um, many Canadians have never ridden on a train. I, I meet people now, they're like, you know, well on in life and they just recently had their first train ride. They were on Via Rail or even the GO train or, uh, and they're just so, they immediately become excited uh, Riding on trains is so magical, isn't it? It's quiet. You can sit and relax, wander around. You don't have to worry about crashing and dying in a fiery crash on the freeway. It's magnificent. How come? Okay, when I was a, a kid, there was a rail to almost every town in Ontario. What happened to all those uh, rail trails, those trains? It's funny you ask because the other day I was looking at a rail map of Canada um, from early 1900 and there was a spaghetti mess all the way across the country you could hop on hop off you could get anywhere by rail because there were a few roads and that reversed of course when the roads became more important and the invention of rail of train of uh, cars and eventually the invention of airplanes and one went up in popularity and one went down in popularity. And so by the mid-80s, rail travel was very much a thing almost of the past or very infrequent and not reliable. And roads were impressive, wide, full of vehicles all over the country. Do you think 
Um, you often hear about conspiracy theories that uh, the, the, the car culture shut down the, 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 the streetcars in all the cities in North America, except for Toronto and San Francisco. And a lot of streetcars, light rail has been reestablished. But are you a conspiracy theorist that the car culture shut all the trains down? People found that it was more convenient to go places that uh, anything that ran on tracks did not go. Also in Winnipeg, we had trolley cars. In other words, they were um, cars that, buses that ran with a, a wire above the bus and a rod that went up there. And anywhere the wire went, the bus could go. So you had to get to the bus uh, just like you have to get to a train, whereas the car became the popular thing because it was in your driveway. Yeah. So, okay, I'll accept that. I'm not going to pursue the conspiracy theorist idea anymore. But um, cars are just so darn handy and comfortable, but they only serve like uh, two-thirds of the people. Like only the active, affluent adults have cars. Everyone else is stranded now without without transit. Is there something of a rail revival happening in Canada? Yes, there is, slowly in small amounts, but there is. Uh, Even VIA has gone out and bought, I believe it was 37 train sets, uh, in order to encourage people to take the train. And as a matter of fact, they have just, I think on the web today, I was 100,000 passengers uh, have booked for the upcoming season of travel. So it is making a comeback. Even cross-border is making a comeback. All over the world, uh, many, many countries have rail trail, rails all over the place. Like Europe, of course, even Asia, they're big on trail. I read somewhere that China is reducing the number of private automobiles and beefing up their rail transport. I was uh, wonderful to hear that as well. Um, how is Amtrak doing in the U.S.? Amtrak, of course, has the benefit of uh, government support in that they are allowed to have priority over freight trains. And that is needed here in Canada. I also am on the board of directors of Transport Action Ontario, and that is part of Transport Action Canada. And we link organizations across Canada to encourage and advocate for them. But um, one of the things we are working on is a national transportation strategy, which the government needs to look at because there are many reasons to have passenger rail on existing tracks, mm-hmm. um, which actually were given to the rail companies oh by taxpayers' money. Uh, but the reality of it is the climate has shown us that uh, we need to do everything possible. And for those people who have never taken the train, I suggest they do it because it is not a, only the best way to travel when it's convenient, but the reality of it is it's good for the planet. Exactly. Um, you mentioned that in the Amtrak has priority over freight trains. What do you mean by that? Well, uh and that's interesting because freight trains have only recently um, skipped away from just-in-time ser- service parts. Over the COVID um, experience, a lot of things changed in the world, and one of them was how do we deliver parts? Parts were very p- hard to come by, and getting them there it was a big issue. Um, and so now some of the freight trains in the U.S. are 
actually being able to schedule a pickup rather than waiting for the customer to call. They schedule a pickup and say, we're going to be coming through that area on Thursday. Uh, please have your pickup available at such and such a time and that allows them to then schedule when they're going to be on the tracks and it has to coincide with Amtrak passenger mm-hmm. service mm-hmm. so passenger has the priority as on time. Well I, I, I asked you that question but I knew the answer already. I've taken the via rail and you're going on the way to Vancouver or whatever and the, the via rail pulls over to a siding for no reason in the middle of nowhere. It, it's actually not a, no reason. It's because the freight trains exactly. now have, have over 200 cars and cannot pull into the sidings. The sidings are only will oh. accommodate a, paint, a, a passenger train and so therefore you have to t- pull off so that these bigger trains can go by. Sidings were originally for the freight trains to pass, so the passenger trains to pull onto, so the passenger train could go off. Well, I did not know that. Yep. Um, are the the main across Canada, are they double tracked or is it single track? Uh, mostly single track. In the heavy coverage areas, there are double, out west it's double tracked. Um, it's double tracked now between Barrie and Toronto, but that's for passenger go train. So will the Ontario Northland, when it gets uh, going here again in a couple of years, will it have its own track or will it have to It wait? has its own track now. Okay. Uh, the, what people do not understand is, is that Canadian National owns the track from Toronto to North Bay and Ontario Northland, we the taxpayer, own all the track north of North Bay. And uh, so that's one of the, been always been one of the issues because Ontario's Northland was set up in order to service the north they had to get from toronto to north bay in order to service the north but the reality was we were incidental uh, bracebridge gravenhurst and huntsville were not even part of their planning process it was not part of the marketing it was just to get from toronto to north bay so will the northlander skip aurelia and barry like uh before like the via rail does? Well, it's not a question of skipping. The track's gone. <laughs> the track has gone between um, Aurelia and uh, um, Barry and, and Washego. So it has to go around. Uh, where it has always gone is on the uh, east side of Lake Simcoe on the uh, Richmond track. Lucille, you are a phenomenon. I'm so excited to meet you and have you on our show you, uh, you've been all over. You've been on CBC. About, you've talked to the Northern Policy Institute. You've had articles in Policy Life, the Doppler, Muskoka Region, the uh, Bay Today. Uh, what is the response you're getting from people as you do this phenomenal advocacy work? Well, it's, it's um, quite in, unbelievable because the reality of it is the... Move a little closer to your mic. Sorry. The reality of it is it's the people who are responding that makes my advocacy strong. It's the reality that there are about now 2,300 supporters that uh, are on my email contacts that respond when I need somebody to sign a petition to send to the government. I get a working good. We have results that Ontario Northland has not seen on our surveys. We have people who will come and um, respond and get the information back. And that is um, why advocacy works in this case. So it sounds like 
it's people driven. It's people like yourself driving the the return of the Northland or calling for it. It hasn't been on like some kind of uh, generosity on the part of the provincial government. No, it's. Uh, I guess I'm one of those people that just does not take no for an answer. <laughs> I, I haven't. I've always felt that. If you want a yes, you have to give somebody enough information that they make the right decision, which is a yes. And so what we had to do was basically convince the government that that was what the people wanted. That was what the people needed. And besides which, Ontario North is no different than Ontario South unless you look at the roads. And there is no grid work. There is no way to detour. Ontario's north is lakes, trees, <laughs> and rocks. Lucille, I think you, they need you in politics. So anyway, <laughs> I'm going to ask you that after the break. Um, as, hang on, everyone. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back in a few minutes with Lucille Frith and uh, Muskoka, uh, Muskoka Drawdown. Buy Muskoka for Muskoka, your collection of Muskoka-based talk shows. Muskoka Magazine, The Bay, 88.7. I'm Dr. Shervin from Dairy Lane Dental, and you're listening to Muskoka Magazine. This is Muskoka Drawdown. Welcome back to Muskoka Drawdown. My guest today is um, uh, Lucille Frith, and she's a wonderful advocate for the Ontario Northlander. Uh, Lucille, uh, does everybody love the Ontario Northlander, or are there still people who think we should just drive cars? Well, does everybody love peanut butter? I guess the reality of it is there's always somebody that doesn't like something, especially when it comes to how your tax dollars are spent. So is this a tax drain or if there's tra- if people take the train, it'll save the government an awful lot of money because they won't have to build so many freeways? Is that? Oh, not- they'll still build freeways. There's a department of roads. It's never changed. The, ra- the reality of it is... Uh, Public transportation around the world is an investment in the society's needs. And so the reality is uh, they do that because they need to move people for economic reasons, for social reasons, etc. Yeah. Um, trains concentrate communities and cars cause sprawl. It strikes me that people love traveling to Europe and the and other countries where they have trains because it's so walkable communities, walkable neighborhoods around the train station. And traveling in Canada is sort of like a death zone in the downtown. So I think trains are really, really important for um, quality of life in our urban areas. Do you, what do you think about that? The reason that Go Transit has extended in down to London and Niagara and up to Barrie is because they can move people more uh, efficiently and cause less congestion in the Toronto area. The other interesting thing is is the number of people who don't own cars in Toronto and how they are so accustomed to using public transportation. Hopping on a train uh, is a, a, a necessity for them in many ways because mm-hmm. uh, they either get into ride sharing or they hop on a train or a bus or a streetcar or a subway or the go train. A lot of young people in Toronto, uh, probably Ottawa and Montreal, et cetera, don't even have their license anymore. They couldn't possibly afford a car. They choose not to have a car. You don't need one. It's a way, we're way more trouble than it's worth in those areas. And they are stranded and can't get out of Toronto. I have a friend who lives downtown Toronto. She does not have a car. For vacations, she says she goes to all kinds of other countries because she can't travel in Canada. There's no way to travel if you don't have a car. 
that's very true, uh, especially in northern Canada, northern Ontario, uh, Huntsville, for example, Bracebridge, Gravenhurst, any area that is a small community with part of their population living outside the urban core has an issue, how do I get there? Yeah, um, there's an environmental impact too, but uh, as far as I know, trains have never been designed for ecological efficiency. They just happen to be uh, by accident more efficient than having the same number of people in cars or, or trucks for freight. Are trains efficient in terms of climate change? They actually have been. At Ontario Northland's engines, for example, are, are um, diesel electric. And uh, you'll find that the efficiencies in engines are increasing just like the efficiencies in airplanes. Uh, they have found that uh, there's a variety of things that they can do to the engines that basically make them very, very compatible yeah. with environmental issues. The reality of a train, of course, is that once you get it rolling, it, ta- it doesn't take a lot to keep it rolling. Exactly. I was in Toronto at the time, living near in the West End when they were building the UP. And uh, we, we were advocated a strong, as we said, no dirty diesel, but they went ahead, of course, and the UP, the Union uh, Pearson uh, Rail, is diesel. And it was a huge disappointment. It's not a long rail. They should have electrified it. Uh, the, the issue with diesel is but there's a lot of renewable diesel coming online, which is made from uh, things that would normally be thrown out. So that will be changing as well. And diesel electric, very much like my vehicle, which is um, a PHEV. I have a small engine as well as my electric uh, battery. Mm-hmm. The reality of it is there are ways to make it more efficient in the community. Are trains going to be part of the transit system? Is it going to hook up with the local bus systems? Well, the interesting thing on, about Ontario Northland is that in, in, the, in the business case, uh, one of the things that we indicated is specifically rural northern Ontario has to be more like southern Ontario, where you get in one vehicle to get to the next vehicle to get to the next vehicle. You get in, uh, you take a taxi to get to the to the air, airport or you get on the subway or UP Express to get to the airport or you get the drive down to Toronto and you get on something else to go somewhere but the reality of it is that last mile or the last kilometer it can be very difficult for small communities like Huntsville, Bracebridge and Gravenhurst and for the points further north where you literally have to drive somebody to uh, connect with the train but that connectivity is critical uh the you will probably see the transit loops of huntsville transit connect with the northlander you will see hopefully or uber type vehicles you'll hopefully see bike electric bike rentals uh you'll hopefully see other things that make it more convenient like a hotel van that picks up past uh people that are coming to their resort Mm -hmm. um you're reminding me of what's the way it was when the train used to come to muskoka all the way from like detroit and and new york city for people to vacation in algonquin for for rich americans and then we had the steamship system to deliver people to their lodges around so we had that kind of connectivity one of my big supporters for 10 years uh, was a gentleman in upstate new york who used to take amtrak to toronto 
Yeah. And and then take the Northlander. And uh, every year I would get, believe it or not, his British pension was a once a year check. It was a matter of so many pounds. I think it ended up being, depending on the fluctuation of the money, somewhere around a hundred dollars. And he had, that was his contribute contribution to the re- restoring of the train station here in Huntsville. Fabulous. Okay, tell us about the train station in Huntsville. I thought it was sold to a public to private people for a dollar. And that. It's a big disappointment of mine, but it, that was a town decision. In 2001, uh, we formed an organization called the Huntsville Train Station Society to encourage the town to not allow it to fall and become dilapidated, but to purchase the train station and commit to renovating it. Uh, it is one of the few remaining train stations in Canada that could be re- retained uh, and and as importantly the freight shed there is one of three only three left in Canada uh, so it was very important to me to the keep the historical values of it and the train was running at that point so for the next 10 years or so we um, worked very hard to restore the train station up to quite a beautiful state uh, in 2007, uh, after spending a lot of time working down at the train station with the volunteers, we recognized that uh, M- Muskoka was not part of the marketing plan of Ontario Northland. There was people, if you ask 10 people on Main Street uh, where the train stops, oh, the train doesn't stop in Huntsville. Partly it was because it was down the hill. And they weren't aware of it. They could hear the freight trains going by, but they weren't aware of it. Eight out of ten people said we didn't have a passenger train. So hmm. a group of us just determined uh, the committees promoting Muskoka rail travel went up to the board of directors of Ontario Northland and did a deputation the, about a missed marketing opportunity for Ontario Northland. It was explained to me that they did not have a mandate to market to Muskoka. We were incidental traffic. And at that time, the federal government actually picked up the cost, $2,500 a year to rent the CN track, $2,500 a year to rent the track from CN so that Ontario Northland could Uh, do their thing north of North Bay. So the long and the short of it is uh, that uh, deputation opened their eyes. Um, We started taking, keeping track of passenger rates, getting on or off south of North Bay. And when the train was shut down by the government in 2012, actually the traveling passengers south of North Bay getting on or off the train was 51%. There you go. So we became a uh, commuter portion of extension of of Toronto. Um, Tell me about farther uh, north of North Bay. The train is now going to go to Timmins, which it never did before. That's a political thing. (laughs) Right. Isn't Timmins a much bigger town? But the other reason is, is that it is a very large urban center. Timmins is, of course. It is. So the and train so, should go there. So if we could pop in and pop out. But when the track was laid originally, they wanted to get to north up to the to Cochrane. Cochrane. And um, there's, the there, are spur, there are spurs that go into Timmins for the, or, for the ore. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, it was always 
busing people out to catch the train. But the reality of it is it, uh, it, it will serve a very good purpose for the people of Timmins, which is a large urban core. Mm-hmm. And it, the people coming down from Moose Factory and Moosonee into Cochrane, they always went to Timmins to get their groceries okay. and their supplies. Okay. So this way they get an up to Timmins and then up to Cochrane right and on. back down again. So yeah. it will serve a dual purpose. Uh, Lucille, we're almost out of time. Give us the last word. What is the timing of when we'll be able to get on the train for the first time? We just had a session uh, all over Muskoka with Ontario Northland public meetings where you could come and look at menus and touch fabrics in the vehicle and see what the washrooms looked like and uh, suggest foods that should be on the train because it's basically a breakfast time here leaving the Muskoka area and a dinner time coming back. But the reality of it is uh, the cars, the three train sets, uh, the 138 million that is going to provide three train sets start being built in California in January of 2024. That's on the tail end of the 38 train sets for VIA. Uh, A beautiful new Siemens train. It's on the website for Ontario Northland. Uh, The interiors are incredible. The uh, accessibility is incredible. And you will be welcomed on board in 2026. That is the official government statement. As a matter of fact, um, I have always told Ontario Northland I want to pre-sell the first train because I think I can, uh, about 55 seats per car. 56 if you want me on there, I'll, I'll happily come. <laughs> and uh, uh, basically, I think we could do that. Uh, we certainly sold out four cars when we did our fundraising oh in 2003, and uh, we had a whale of a time going down to Toronto and back up. But Well, Lucille, this will be extremely exciting that day that the train starts rolling again, and I'm looking forward to it personally greatly. Um, thank you so much for being on our show. And I'll come back and sell tickets. I will well, invite you back very soon because we want to hear how things are stacking up for the wonderful Ontario Northlander to go uh, back some, uh, through Muskoka. Thank you, Lucille. Thank you. I went to the city when all the trees were gone And I laid there on an asphalt lawn ran with blood fur coats and sushi boats and diesel in the air yeah my little critter